Hello, this is Joe Corneli um, speaking to you again from another Pure Gaji in Action uh, podcast. I'm joined today by Hong Fuk Dong, uh, who's in Berlin uh, today, and she's a founder, one of uh, co-founder of FOSS Asia, um, who's going to talk to us about um, the long and interesting work she's done in that project. Um, this episode was uh, produced by Charlie Danoff, who learned about FOSS Asia at Wiki uh, Wikimania, which took place in Singapore. And I guess uh, Hong, you're often based in Singapore. So that was interesting. And FOSS Asia helped create Wikimania. So we can talk some about that. Um, but yeah, Hong, you've been involved in the open source uh, world for a long time now. Um, so maybe could you tell us uh, a little bit before we even get into FOSS Asia, how did you come to be involved with open source software as well as hardware um, and, and the ethos of open source? Yes. And uh, thank you very much, Joe, for the introduction and for having me on this uh, episode. Um, and I'm really grateful for having the opportunity to talk about uh, my work and the work of um, FOSS Asia. So the question was, how did I get uh, involved in the um, open source community? Um, I would say uh, my journey began uh, back when I was a student at the university. Um, so at that time, uh, uh, so that's a little bit about my uh, origins. I came from Vietnam, which is uh, a developing country. We are still a developing country this day, but you know that um, having access to a computer uh, was something very like privileged um, at the early age, like 15, 20, 20 years ago. And I remember at that time, whenever you um, bought a laptop, it come with um, Windows SP. I remember Windows SP at that time. Yeah, and it's not even, um, I remember that I did not have a original version of, um, of Windows because in that particular place, people always get the uh, copy version. Yeah, and at one point it crashed my uh, computer, my laptop. I, I, I needed to install something uh, to, 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 to make the computer work again. And a friend of mine in university showed me how to install Ubuntu. That it was my um, first uh, like time to try out uh, a free software, uh, the, the the Linux oper uh, operation uh, system, and since that day, I, I remember I think it was two thousand and six or, or seven. I never like went back to another using uh, variety uh, operating system again. So I got. Um, I started to um, to learn how to use Linux, how to learn how to use command line, and uh, started to join the weekly Linux user uh, meetup at my university. Yeah, and uh, by engaging with the uh, user community, I got to. Um, meet so many inspiring people so people who, who spend like hours sitting down with me like teaching me how to um do something uh, on, on on the terminal and um uh, when i never have a chance to um to speak with uh contributors i, I just find that they are so they, they they are always so excited about their work yeah so you can see like um um people who 
uh, are much like has uh, who have much more experience than me who who work in the field for 20 30 years but still super excited whenever they talk about their contribution and this has got me really uh, inspiring um, that people like continue to work on the thing that they love and, and and continue to make an impact and most of these people in the community they work as volunteers yeah they work as volunteers and um, um, over like um, some time I started to to realize the opportunities the potential of um, the open uh, openness, open technology, and sharing of knowledge, and um, and I think that um, with open technologies, um, we can find a way to to improve the lives of, of people in developing country, and and not only in in this particular part of the world, but people um, like everywhere, and uh, yeah. Mm. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like that that initial motivation uh, to an excitement that you felt being part of a community. I mean, uh, we saw just briefly a picture flash up of Foss Asia. So now you have been someone who's created that community and created that welcoming, exciting environment for many many people. And it sounds to me like that's a very important part of Foss Asia. So tell us a bit about how that works when when someone else comes along. Supposing a new student comes and they first. Uh, access uh, either uh, Linux distribution, or maybe they find out about open source software in a different way. What would be their experience now and uh, some other new person who comes to your, to your, uh, to, to your work and they discover Foss Asia? What will they, what will they discover um, that you've created? Yes, so I actually did not create it uh, organization all by myself. So I have a partner mm. who, uh, which is Mario uh, Belling. He he had worked many years in 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 the uh, free and open source software community. So when we created for Asia our organization, we wanted to create a platform where people can get together to share their ideas and to collaborate on projects. So these days, yes, the, the mission to stay the same. We um, uh, we try to um, advocate for, for free software and fostering the open source movement around the world, right? People join in like similar to, to other open source projects. There's they're always like a community channel. People can uh, come in, they they get support from um, uh, from others. But for Force Asia, we have a number of um, projects that develop by the communities. So back to your question, how people like they get into Force Asia, what can they they learn, how they interact? Basically, they, they interact and collaborate around these established um, projects that we um, have published so far. Yeah, so people normally get into um, uh, the the, uh, the community because they they have a problem they want to solve maybe the technology or, or the, the software that um, meet their requirement to solve a particular problem that they have. Some people come in because they want to to learn more about the community. They want to improve the skill, and for I would say for the Asian community, like younger um, uh, developers or new joiners, uh, their motivation is 
to improve their uh, their skill set yeah so they want to um um to contribute um to meet other people have an international interaction at the same time build up their professional profile because these days right so if you want to to, to, to be um, um uh, ready for for the job market like in terms of technology right so people always like look up what kind of work you have done in the past and contributing to open source it also like uh, a very good uh, showcase for um, developers um, in terms of um, their professional experience. Mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. you mentioned to me just before the chat also that uh, one of your current projects that you've been um, focusing on, especially lately, is uh, open source hardware, um, which I think many, many viewers of this uh, and listeners mm -hmm. of the podcast will know about open source so software, but they may be less familiar with open source hardware. Um, could you talk a little bit about that project? Yes, so I th how did we start to look into open source hardware? I think it was back into, um, if I didn't remember correctly, 2013 or at one of the Force Asia Summit. So uh, I just mentioned quickly so you uh, understand uh, the, the context. Uh, every year we, we run the um, annual Force Asia Summit. Uh, this is our like community get together. We also invite different open source uh, projects to come and showcase their um, solution and an idea and at one of our event I think I th I remember it was in Phnom Penh in Cambodia at that time so we uh, we had a high school teacher coming from from India so this is um, a visit teacher and he came to us with a problem at that time he um, he, he came to talk about like Python um, uh, programming for, for students and then he told us that um, in order to teach electronics for, for students in India it's really challenging because they do not have um, a good um, uh, equipment or a sufficient lab where people can get access to for example the oscilloscope yeah, the oscilloscope, everything like a close source and really like expensive for a group of 40, 50 students, they only can access the lab maybe once every two weeks and there's not enough equipment for them to try out. And it's really important to, to teach a student about electronics because this is the basis for any products in the world mm. basically right and he asked us now you can do like software is there any way that we can make also like hardware that affordable that help people how to uh, to learn electronics and we look into this he, he came to us with an idea at the same time he showed us some uh, projects developed in the community in India at that time, the the oscilloscope project that he mentioned to us was not open source. Yeah, mm. and we thought, okay, this is an interesting problem. So we brought it up to our community and start to re to 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 do research and investigate. And later on, I think one or two years later, we um, released the Pocket Science Lab based on the um, projects that have been done by other people in India and we mm. we managed to convince them that it's a, a, a good thing to open source the hardware and with the power of um, the Force Asia community we get together uh, continuously work on on this hardware and release the pocket sign lab which we have today 
Nice. Yeah, so that, that makes me think that, that it involves an education, both in terms of learning about electronics, but also for anyone who wants to get involved in learning about um, open source hardware or open source firmware and that kind of stuff. I know I, I had a friend uh, who lived, a neighbor who worked on embedded Linux inside of a bike light. So you might not think, okay, a bike light, why would it have Linux inside? But it was a very sophisticated bike light, I think, which would, you know, depending on where you went in the city, it was on the, the uh, city bikes in London. So, you know, and he got paid quite well for that, uh, building this Linux on a, on a bike light. Um, I, I can imagine that the students you work with, some of them will just be learning the basics of electronics, uh, but this is also an opportunity for them to, if they get choose to get involved with that. So I like this kind of model where you have, you know, possibly quite basic classroom learning, but then people who get more excited can can get more involved. And as you saw from that picture, um, uh, that the um, the uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who've gotten involved with the with the um, community. Okay, uh, I see from Charlotte on the chat that there's a a, a question has come in already. Uh, live question has come in, so we can take a little break from our interview and 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 invite someone else. So, what is the relative acceptance of uh, free open source software in Asia and other parts of the world? So that's that's an interesting question. So, yeah, uh, do you do you think that FOSS has a particular demand? You mentioned that it's, it can contribute to developing countries, but yeah, I've I've never been further east than Italy, so I don't know what is it like in Asia. Is it very popular? Yes. Yeah, so actually, uh, like free software, right? It's a global movement. Mm -hmm. So, and now it's I would say that it's as popular in Asia as anywhere else around yeah. the world. So, so the the thing that you can look there is a statistic on on on, uh, on Git contribution. So, if, if you look on platform like GitHub or GitLab, where can where open source, um contributors come from, you will see a lot of contribution actually coming from Asia, if not the highest. Yeah, of mm. course, the, the, the US always uh, like for many years, like on the top of open source contribution. But in the, the recent uh, statistic, you, you can also see that the number of contributors coming from Asia has increased tremendously in, in, in the past few years. And I would say that in terms of acceptance, I think the free software is um, really like um, uh, widely um, accepted in many like parts of 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 asia and, and even in in, in china it's uh, it is a very close country I, I brought up china because if we talk about like uh which country that really uh, like not open but but china recently um has also released like software open source and, and show mm -hmm. that they really open up and want to, to to invest much more into um open source technologies yeah that's that's cool. Yeah. And I, I was just curious about the situation now. Is it, is it still the case that many people will get if they get access to a computer, will it come with Windows or does it come actually with, a, with Ubuntu or something else as by default? Uh, so uh, I believe um, like by default it still come with the um, Microsoft, you know, because mm. uh, Microsoft, and not only in 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 Asia, actually, even in Europe, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, but um, people, it's easier for people to install. They can easily change uh, yeah. their operating system. I want to to mention one example. I think uh, before COVID, um, four years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago, I was in Hanoi. This is the capital of Vietnam. And I visited mm -hmm. uh, a secondary school in, um, I think, somewhere a little bit like uh, not directly in the city center of Hanoi, but 
the entire classroom of secondary school student was using Arch Linux at that time. Mm. At Linux at that time. I was really surprised. And um, and the thing is, it actually, like the Linux distribution had get into um, like the hands of the younger generation, even in second school and yeah. this is a really positive uh side for for us all yeah that is but, exciting yeah. yeah that is exciting i could imagine in, in that sort of scenario that that school anyway is sort of a global leader in in using and learning about open source software so that's a fantastic opportunity also for projects like you have to work with the teachers and stuff like that so okay um i'd like to ask uh for the a slide about uh event yay because that's another one of your um projects that we've learned about. Uh, I actually, I think, use this platform because I joined Wikimania Singapore from this this room here. Uh, Charlie was going in person. We were going to give a talk together, but his flight was delayed. So I had to give the talk remotely <laughs> and it actually went very well. Um, so tell us a bit more about Eventye. And we know you can tell a bit more about Wikimania Singapore, but were you directly involved with the organization in any way? How did that work? And, and maybe yeah, other applications of this software that you, you know about? Yes, so I was actually involved directly. Joe, I don't know if you noticed that during the, the time when you deliver your presentation, it was translated into five different languages live oh, on, on the I system. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So we translated uh, all the talk live using the system. So, Event Yate is an open source event management system. Um, why did we start this project? So, as uh, you know, that we organize a lot of events ourselves because we believe that events uh, is like a platform to bring people together. Yeah. Mm. And um, a few years back, when we first started, we were looking for a solution that can help us with like managing all kind of different aspect of an event organization and it's really uh, challenging you know so so there was not a solution where they offer everything uh, in one you know one solution for all the different tasks or um, it's good. there's no like open source solution. You have to go for vendor uh, solution and we want, don't want to get like vendor locking into any uh, products out there. And running community event cost is another like aspect that we need to, to consider. For example, there's um, a lot of commercial service like um, event pride or like maybe most people know it, but you have to pay um, quite a, a, a high commission um, to the platform, yeah, and um, so we were looking, and we couldn't find as something that's suitable for us and, and, and affordable for us. So we um, started to um, de develop our own system. So, so the uses of Event Yay basically for our own Force Asia yeah. um, events. But then later on, uh, we get more and more interest from the community. More people join in in the development, and uh, not only Wiki. Um, Media, but also other open source organizations started to try out and use Eventyate. Yeah, and for you mentioned uh, Wikimania uh, Singapore, that this is actually a very interesting case that we should um, talk about. Yeah, so for the Wikimania event, they they actually use Eventyate for. Uh, I see that you have a, a screenshot about scheduling. So mm. I must say, as an event organizer um, uh, for for many years, one thing that I really like about the system is, for example, so if you have an event that you uh, receive 
a few hundred speaker submissions, right? You have to review, you have to accept, and you it's also really challenging how to schedule all these sessions, especially with the Wikimania where they have like different tracks, different rooms. Yeah, it all yeah. can be done easily via a user like the web interface, just drag and drop, and like quickly you can generate a schedule and when you need to make any like changes into the schedule, it's also very easy because it deploys live directly. So if a speaker mm. cancel and cannot like join the event anymore, you can with like one or two click, the schedule automatically update itself. So this is the feature that I really like about um, the system. And I think the Wikimania also used for ticketing for registration. Yeah, um, the, the system totally capable of. And one thing that I really like, which is the translation, live translation that I mentioned to you. So during um, your session, when you deliver your speech, actually we have multiple people in the background wow. that translate into like five different languages and a the user, they can select on the panel when they join online, they can select the language of their interest. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I was going to ask if that was live translation by uh, people or if it was live translation by um, some type of uh, AI software, but it's live translation by people. I, yes, I just got to mention that, that on, on a previous um, podcast, I think it was number 11, we had um, we had some uh, co-organizer of a conference about Emacs. Uh, so that's here, this uh, effective organization in pure uh, ecosystems was on there, but it just occurs to me to think about, so with, with Emacs Conf, uh, they had run this conference about Emacs several times. Um, but I don't think it's at the same scale of hundreds of speakers. It's more like, uh, 20 speakers maybe, or something like that. So it, they had made their own, um, system that works quite well for them, but I might encourage them to have a look at event yay and think about if they wanted to make it that much bigger, um, to look at your to look at your software and to think about using something else it's interesting to think about that that difference between and i, I might also like to use it because i've organized something we, we had a festival of ai we organized and i think our website was just a google site so this sounds much nicer than that um, but it still seems like it's a lot of work to organize these events so okay so can we please have um the next slide up charlotte just i want to ask about the, the future and while i'm doing that i'd like to briefly just mention anyone who's listening that if you want to um follow up uh this video will be posted on youtube uh directly after the recording um you can also follow up follow up at piercepress.com slash piragaji in action or our website is piragaji.org uh piragaji.org is just uh running off of a google um sorry as, as a github uh, repository so um I'm sure our website could be improved. Uh, but yeah, so maybe if we were interested to collaborate further in the future, how would we um, how would we get in touch? And what are other, some of the other projects? Do you, do you have other additional projects? Or are you still thinking we're gonna really focus the next few years on this open source har hardware and events? How does the future look uh, for your organization? Yes, so before I talk about the future for, I'm, for the organization, I just want to mention what you said earlier about like the whole thing about AI topic, right? And mm -hmm. uh, the future of event yay. So we actually also um, thinking of integrating um, some kind of, um, you know, services AI into this uh, whole platform. For example, something that normally you have to do yourself, for instance, try a 
um, accept an email or, um, or doing a press release or, um, or organizing um, some site check at, in, in an event. So all these things in the future, it could be like automatically done via the mm. system. And this is something that we are looking into. For example, mm. if you said, okay, please um, write me an email to recheck or accept the speaker, there should be already something that's um, automatically generated for, for your own uses. So this is something, yeah. the direction that we want to go with event yay. Yeah, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the future of uh, the organization, um, I think, um, so free and open source software, I believe it's not, it's not just the way like for people to exchange their code freely, but it also, a collaboration model um, mm -hmm. that sets an example of how people around the world can work together in a peaceful manner. And mm. if you know, we are in the situation now, we are facing so many challenges in our world uh, these days. And the question about how to sustain the world uh, that we are living in today, yeah, how to tackle all the um, sustainable uh, challenges and I think that Force Asia, uh, we want to, to continue our mission to promote open technologies that can improve people's lives in many different aspects by offering like environment where people can work together and by fostering education, like open source education to the younger generation. Yeah, our goal focus, um, I would say in the next few years is develop um, community and technology that tackle the sustainability um, challenges um, around the world. Yep. That's, yeah, I, I like that global focus. I think a lot of our uh, listeners, certainly not exclusively, but a lot of them are in, in the US and, and Europe. Uh, so how can um, other organizations or other people from around the world get involved? Because as you point out, these are global, global issues. Um, are there ways for other people to join even if they're not based in Asia? Yes, yeah, so we welcome like everyone to join. We actually have mentors mm -hmm. uh, and uh, developers outside of uh, of Asia. Yeah, so mm -hmm. um, thank you very much for for sharing uh, the uh, website of our uh, Git repository. So you can find many Force Asia projects under um, uh, the Force Asia GitHub organization. And um, uh, we are running coding program, which is going on at the moment. Code heat org mm -hmm. where people can learn more about um, different projects and at the same time to uh, connect with um, the community and uh, another opportunity is uh, the force asia summit which will take place in hanoi on april 8 uh, mm. to 10 2014 yeah mm. so um, i would like also to take the opportunity to invite people to join us either like in person or online. So we will stream the entire event uh, online as well. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, we'll have to share the links for those things in the in the YouTube uh, description. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're coming close to the end. If it's okay, could I invite um, our intern, Abhishek, and uh, the uh, series producer, Charlotte, on. They may have some questions because they've been listening attentively. One of the one of the patterns we found in Puragaji is when people listen and think, they tend to um, come up with interesting insights. So um, Charlotte and Abhishek, if you're willing to join us, that would be great. They're appearing now. There's Charlotte uh, in Boston. Yeah. 
Um, uh, apologies for my chaotic background of my office. It's okay. That's the studio space. Yeah. Um, and is Avachak here? Abhishek, yes. There he's appearing to you. Okay, great. So I was wondering if either of you have any any questions. Uh, maybe uh, Abhishek, I think you have more experience of the Asian context uh, than Charlotte has. So uh, maybe if you want to hit off with a question um, about uh, just reflecting on FOSS Asia, um, what do you have any questions that that came to mind? Oh, we don't hear you. Yeah. No, actually, I was just hearing about all the conversations you were having. Mm. So, yeah, as of now, I don't have any questions for this. I was just eagerly hearing all this because I wanted to, like, uh, take an experience on this, like, how this worked because this is my first time. Uh, this was the first podcast I ever attended. So, fair, fair. it was, like, really, I, I really, really loved it. Like, the way you both convert your experience i think we have a lot to learn from how you've or created this organization inside the piragaji project because we've been working for a long time but you know our ability to build an organization has been yeah. um you know we've gone slower i would say and and so it'd be very interesting to to, to hear if you have any great advice about how to build a, a similar type of uh, successful organization i know this is something that Abhishek is interested in, and some of his colleagues interested in building, whether startups or other 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 organizations. But this one seems to have been very successful. So, to what to what do you think you would attribute the success of FOSS Asia? Um, I I don't know if I could say that we are very successful because I think that we still have a, a lot of uh, uh, places we need to to improve and, and need to learn mm -hmm. from other organizations. So, but one thing. Um, that uh, I think that contribute to the role of the organization when you engage with the community it's really important to understand the motivation of the people who involve and, and set the expectation clear in the be in the beginning and be uh, transparent about what you are working on yeah so um uh, so, so 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 basically um for 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 force asia in in particular so the motivation i mentioned during our conversation today for the young people why do they want to to join in in a community like in 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 open source community so it's more about looking for opportunities to portray themselves with um, like experience contributing an open source project build up a profile where they can land uh, in a better like uh, job in in the future, yeah. So so it's about like what you see like as a value of the organization that you can um, promote to uh, to the community, yeah. So this is important, and and I think that in different part of us um, of the world, people have different interests, and it's mm -hmm. just a matter that how do you find um, the interest of the community and align with the value that your organization want to deliver sounds, sounds, just, sounds like a good pattern go ahead please Charlotte. yeah oh yeah, no i you. just i find it very inspiring to just realize that this is going on in a huge other section of the world than we have our little you know we have our our focus on the u.s or europe and the western world you know it's it's really cool to, to know that this is thriving 
in another part of the world. And um, I just, I'm just, it's inspiring. I, you know. I think, yeah, Charlotte, you have a regional organization there uh, in in uh, your publishing uh, world. Um, but yeah, yeah. There, other regions have their own uh, quite thriving ones. And maybe some more exchange between those different organizations, yeah. we could learn some great patterns. I mean, it's always nice to know you have, you know, buddies or <laughs> compatriots mm. in, you know, in, in certain, in this area, you know, in this focus of study or... Yeah. So uh, we see we see one more question just drifting in with the chat, uh, which is in your experience, uh, because you mentioned the importance of uh, engaging young people. What do you find they're most excited by uh, in, in terms of your concrete projects? You know, which are the projects are they most interested in? So, so the people, uh, the younger people, they like, like, uh, you know, to, to join in contests, like I mentioned, like code heat, where yeah. they can solve smaller, smaller um, tasks and and see the outcome of their work right away. So instead of like working a very long, uh, long time in uh, um, software projects, so, so they like to, to see smaller tasks that they can do and see the outcome right away and at the same time learning from it. Yeah, and um, and I think a lot of uh, people it easier for them to 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 um to join in on the front end side of a project than back end because front end is easy for people to get in. Mm -hmm. So a lot of young people get into like um uh, development on the front end side. Yeah, and the idea of like have having connected to with people in the same age group, the same generation, like I mentioned, like throughout like coding contests where people can learn together and help each other. And surprisingly, people really like to uh, do like peer review, you know? So mm -hmm. when you give a younger person a, a responsibility to have a, another journal to join, so, so they get very excited when they have more responsibility and can help another person. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so that Charlie's got the the link uh, codeheat.org uh, in the in the chat. If we could just put that, that up right. uh, for for people to look at for anyone watching the video. That said, as well, uh, eventyear.com, codeheat.org, uh, and um, pretty soon we're going to have to wrap this one up because we try to keep these to about half hour. We're past uh, past the thirty minute mark. We could, uh, got a lot of information in there. Um, another thing to say. Is we like to keep learning and growing. You think you mentioned, uh, you know, that that sounds to me like one of the successes of of FOSS Asia is you keep improving. So you keep saying, okay, we've got many other things to learn. That's that's already a, a great uh, success to keep keep learning yourself. So um, what I was going to say is we have a we have a set of questions that we like to flash up at the end of this uh, thing. Yes, please. Sorry. Uh, and um, while we're going to close down the. Um, close down the podcast, uh, the live session of the podcast. Uh, we'll have a review section uh, later. Um, Charlotte, if you could put up the um, meet.jit.c slash pyragogy, um, we can discuss uh, there what we what we learned together. Yeah, so, let me just, uh, I'll put a banner up. Yep. Yeah, there we go. So Hong, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this recording. I think it's a very successful and enjoyable uh, interview. Thank you for your time. Um, Avishak and Charlotte, thank you for helping to structure the conversation and Charlie behind the scenes, um, coming up with some good questions and some great uh, images for the for the slides. So, so um, the after the after we thing is it meet.jit.si.com slash piragaji? There's right? no dot com, just dot si slash piragaji. Piragaji, okay. Yeah. 
Yes, so, so, so Joe, uh, Charlotte and Abhishek, uh, Charlie also, I just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity. And as Charles mentioned that, okay, you are very glad to learn about what we do in Asia. And I'm really um, honored and I highly appreciate the opportunity for us to, to connect with you. Because mm -hmm. if you don't do in the podcast, we also do not have a chance to, to speak about our work to, mm -hmm. to more people. So I really think that it's very important, the work that you do. And thank you very much again. And for for having me and and, and for um like having false Asia into uh, your uh, episode, um thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. Yes, we'll make sure to get the get the word out about this, and 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 we'll stay in touch as time goes by. So thank you, uh, everyone. Um, Charlotte, I think we can stop. Do, do you and, want um, me? Yes. Do, do yeah. you want me to join the the the, the GC meet? Yeah, as sure. Well? Please do. Please do. If you have time, come along. Uh, there's there's yeah. meet.jit.c. There's no extra dot, and then slash piragaji. Uh, we'll see you. Oh, there sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. All right. Okay, we'll see, see you there. there. See you thank there. Thank you. Bye. Bye.